Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. When you retire, it's not on your turn that makes it just that much harder to let go. But Will the Drill, he's without a doubt a legendary journey. What are we going to do to replace the game, Will? Football has changed a lot since you were in your prime. You go to the game this week? Football isn't everything, right? We lost 29 Marines on back-to-back deployments. You can't come home until you go home. I can't go home if I never had one. I just want to thank you for what you did the other night. Yeah. You looked out for me. Most of my post-traumatic stress is from lack of traumatic stress. And I missed the locker room. You own a gym. Why not make it a locker room? That's all you got? What if we had some of your dudes come down, get in there with some of my dudes? Pay your asses. I would never compare battlefields to ball fields, but the camaraderie, the pride, it's crazy how all that stuff matches up. You're not at war anymore. You gotta move forward. You're poking the bear, you're gonna get hurt. Come on, hit me. You didn't die. So when are you gonna start living? give anything and just run out on that field one more time. We can't lose. We're your team now. Hello and welcome to the Maths Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 477. Available now on digital and on demand is MVP, a powerful drama that tells the story of how an unlikely bond between a recently retired NFL player and a homeless veteran led to the formation of a support group that helps those struggling to transition from the fields of battle. Based on true events, MVP is an emotionally raw and beautifully performed and crafted story that delves into themes of brotherhood, purpose, and mental health, along with the pressing issue of veteran suicide. For more information and links, please go to vetsandplayers.org. And joining me now on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is the director, writer, and star of MVP, Mr. Nate Boyer. Nate, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Uh, well, absolutely. Thank you for I the mean, kind words as well. That was a nice intro. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, it really is from the heart. I mean, I watched MVP uh, what uh, maybe a few weeks ago, and it's a movie that really has stuck with me. It's really interesting just reading up about the history of merging vets and players, which is the MVP of the title. It's pretty much like a support program that yourself and Jake Laser, who some people might know as a um, 
Fox Sports NFL Insider. You formed that um, along with Jay back in 2015. It's really interesting how this kind of the story of that formation has been turned into a feature film. I mean, you could have gone a lot of different ways. There could have been a book, there could have been a documentary, a podcast. Why a feature film uh, based around uh, these uh, these characters that we see in a film? What was it about creating a movie that you thought would be the best way uh, to tell the story of MVP and the people uh, in your life over the last several years that kind of created um, MVP over the years? Well, honestly, I think a big part of that was, so when you, when we, we host our huddles, when we bring together these vets and athletes and we train together and then, you know, we huddle up and kind of talk through some of our, our stuff. Um, it, it's, it's meant to be sort of a private, private moment for these people. It's meant to be a safe space where they feel like they can share anything and not, uh, and not feel like it's a, uh, they're being judged or anything like that. Um, but also like they just, they want to feel protected and, and to have these real people, um, uh, opening up and being vulnerable with you know, a camera in their face, for instance, if it was in the documentary um, or even just talking about it uh, on uh, on a podcast. Some are open to doing that. Some are prepared for that and, and, and OK with that in their lives and, and others aren't. Um, yeah. And so it's just sort of a little bit. It, it could be intrusive. And we've done some features on MVP and stuff like that. But it's never quite the same as like an actual huddle, an actual session where we all are able to get together. Uh, and, and really share where we're at from a mental health perspective. So if we scripted this thing and made it into a film, when people are acting, and even though some of these people are actual members and all the veterans portrayed on screen are played by real vets, when they're acting and they feel like this is dramatized in some way, it gives them a bit of a license to um, you know, be, be open and vulnerable and because it, it, part of them may feel like, you know what, this is um, a a version of me. It's not necessarily the, the full real me. And it may give them that comfortability level uh, to do that. And so it's a way to give an inside look at what we do at MVP and who we are um, without maybe crossing a line or a boundary uh, with some of the real members, if that makes sense. Uh, it does. It really does make sense. And it's really interesting how, you know, I've, I've read that you said that the screenplay for MVP, it felt like it was more transcribed and written over the years, you've heard stories, you've had experiences, you've heard confessions. When you take all of those experiences, all those stories, all those moments that you had during your time with MVP and, and the people who have, have come through uh, those doors and into your gym, what's it like trying to form that into a screenplay? Where do you start? Does it start with the stories? Does it start with the characters? How does it all kind of come together from a story screenplay point of view with this movie? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hadn't initially thought, uh, I, I, had, I hadn't envisioned that as a screenplay. I didn't really know how we would do that, to be completely honest, when we first started. But um, after talking to a good friend of mine, Garrett Jones, a co-writer of the film, who uh, served in the UK military, um, you know, Garrett was just one of these people that thought, um, you know, this is a movie. There's a way to tell this story if you go back to the beginning. And you sort of uh, you sort of uh, talk about the genesis of MVP, how it all started. Because how we started bringing these vets into the gym, some of the first ones we met 
we're living in, you know, a, a transition house, living in a homeless shelter. And, you know, some of these vets um, really struggled uh, with moving forward, really struggled with uh, being around other veterans, much less civilians. And um, if, if we kind of tell it in that manner where it's a little more relatable to everyone, where they think, oh, this person, this is a person who's just struggling with homelessness, struggling with connecting to society and stuff like that versus, you know, this is a, um, a, a veteran as a part of this program already. It was just a little bit easier to uh, uh, to make that happen. So, so that's sort of where you know why we decided to tell the story in that way. And it, it's uh, you know the attempt is to for people to be able to look at it from an outside perspective and feel like uh, oh, I can understand and, and relate to some of the emotions this person experiencing some of the things that they're going through. Um, and and it just kind of made more sense for us to show how does an athlete. An NFL player, one you know, first year out of the league with money and, and, and a marriage and all these things, and this homeless veteran. How do they find commonality? Like, where does that come from? And so that's what we set about to do with the film is to show where that comes from. I um, also read that Sylvester Stallone, who's the executive producer of the movie, he kind of gave some feedback, didn't he, on the initial scripts in regards to uh, the film's story, the film's tone. Um, is that true? And what's it like to have someone? like a Sylvester Stallone providing feedback for your first screenplay, I'm sure that would have been both an exciting, but also kind of daunting experience for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sly, I've known Sly, uh, not super well, but I've known him over the years and he's come uh, to really appreciate MVP. That's what we stand for, who we are. Um, so that's, that was, that was super important. Um, but you know, his producing partner, really, uh, Braden Aftergood, who used to be at Film 44 with Peter Berg and just uh, uh, such a generous person with his time and uh, everything like that. So, uh, you know, he has been from the beginning, Braden believed in the project and gave us story notes and like helping us get to that place. And uh, yeah, it, it just was, it was a, a situation where, he, you know, he brought it to, to Sly. Sly was on board with it. And it was just, uh, you know, really just a, a labor of love from there and getting getting notes from trusted people in the industry who've been there, who've succeeded, who've made it happen um, at the highest levels. I mean, the absolute highest levels. And it was it was it was awesome to be able to get that stamp of approval finally on uh, after numerous drafts, um, getting it where it needed to be and uh, you know, to, yeah, to have people like that on board, him and and Michael Strahan and you know Jay Glazer, obviously, mm. and um, Tony Gonzalez and Randy Couture and all these people just jump on board because of what the project is about um, and who the, the story that we're telling and who the, and, you know and how they're connected to MVP as an organization uh, was really unique and, and really special. So I'm I'm just I'm grateful that he had that support. We couldn't have made it without him. Um, and yeah, we, 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 uh, we, we're, we're so fortunate to be able to tell the story our way using our people, uh, but also um, le leveraging those, those uh, names and relationships in Hollywood as well. When I watched the film, something that really sticks out is the camaraderie, not only found in the sports field, but also on the battlefield as well. Um, 
and it's really important that that is really brought to the fore that you have a community around you, um, whether they be uh, friends, uh, comrades, uh, co-workers, what, what, whatever, you, whatever you can call it. When it comes to filming a movie, um, do you also feel that same sense of camaraderie there as well? I mean, when you are on your first day on set and you're the director and this is your directing debut, how important is it that the team you have around you um, are there not only to support you, but to also have your back. So when it comes to those moments where you might be stuck, where you might not know uh, what to do next in regards maybe to shot selection or et cetera, that you have that camaraderie around you, that crew around you, especially on an independent film, which I'm sure, you know, has its own uh, limitations when it comes to the budget and, and, and time. I'm sure having a, a, a select team of people around you to help you you know, finish a mission, so to speak, in regards to making a film that would have been so beneficial. Yeah, it's it's honestly very similar in a lot of ways to uh, uh, not not at all similar to combat, of course, and going to war, but um, the the brotherhood and the camaraderie and like the honestly the the chaos in some ways, um, the the way that you have to be flexible and have backup plans and be prepared to adjust and, and kind of just, uh, uh, expect, you know, Murphy to bite you in the ass every day because <laughs> it's, it's going to happen. Um, and then rally as a team and communicate with different departments and have a clear vision as a leader, like all those things, man, it's like, it, it did feel in a lot of ways, like a military training mission or like preparing, um, to play, uh, you know, a football game, honestly, like there was just so much of that. So those experiences, having that background and being a part of those communities, no doubt helped in the filmmaking part of this. And, and especially, and, and also with the team around me, I mean, cause it was mostly vets and athletes, uh, in front of them behind the camera as well. And they're used to that stuff. They're, they, uh, they kind of can, they can roll with it with a smile on their face, you know, and understand that, Hey, things change and might be a little uncomfortable for a bit. Uh, we'll figure this out um everyone just do their best to maintain a positive attitude and let's be creative together the matt's movie reviews podcast is brought to you by t public t public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise with over 1.2 million designs t public is sure to have something you will love the matt's movie reviews podcast is brought to you by amazon the world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. When it comes to post-production, I mean, I talk to so many filmmakers and they can't state enough the importance of, you know, you know what they say, you, you write the film, you make the film, and then when you go to editing, that's when you really make the film. That's when it all kind of comes together. What's that experience like for you, you know, post-production-wise, watching the, the film that you worked on and you wrote and you're starting being pieced together the way uh, the way that it is. Is that something that uh, 
that will always stick with you? Because I'm sure that seeing something that you've been working on for so long um, being put together in front of your eyes would have been a, a, a real thrill on, on your behalf. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, like it, it uh, I didn't truly enjoy it um, at, or um, appreciate it or, or even feel like I completely didn't screw it up until I got to watch it in the theater for the first time with mm. about 350, uh, 350 people, mostly, mostly veterans and, and athletes and, and people that support that community. So people that I knew would judge it at the highest level too, because it, you know, when, when you watch something about your community and about your story and about your experiences, um, you, you're going to pick it apart even more. And, you know, to see the reaction from them was very reassuring. And, uh, and it kind of got me to an emotional place and, and, and just remembering, um, like the entire journey way before we started making the movie. Uh, of some of the things that I uh, was fortunate enough to experience and see and be a part of and, and some of the things that aren't so fortunate to, to be a part of and, uh, and to bring that to life and have um, all these other people backing you up from day one uh, and most of them asking for nothing. They just wanted to be a part of it because they thought it was important that the, this narrative is, is told by the people that lived it um, and, and that was amazing. And that's, and that wasn't all veterans and athletes. It was a lot of civilians, um, that were part of that mission too, part of that journey and just bought in. And, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll definitely forever be grateful for that. And, and I, and I'll be honest, I, I think I took it for granted until we were done and we were finished and I felt good about it. And I felt like we, we did it, um, and got to, got to, feel that emotion in the room with those other people and hear those, the laughter and, uh, and tears and, um, you know, just the recognition of, of the reality of it, that, that like sealed the deal for me. Um, and, and, and finally brought me to a place of, of, of deep gratitude uh, for what we, we made as a team. Cause I know my name's all, uh, all over it in different places. Um, and a lot of the reasons for that, uh, honestly, was with the budget we were dealing with them and the, the limited resources. Uh, it was a hell of a lot cheaper for for me to, you know, not have to pay the the, the co-writer, the co-producer, the director, or the uh, or one of the leads. And so, uh, and also, I felt connected to the story. You know, very connected. I mean, it is a big part of my life. So it all kind of made sense at the end. And, and but that, that's all to say that just because my, my name's in so many places on this thing, it is not just uh, Nate Boyer who did this thing, like not even close. And I know people always say that, and, but I'm dead serious. Like uh, every single department backed me up and I had incredible uh, creative talent that were just so generous with their time and energy and really cared about the project. And that's the only way it was able to, to get to where it is today. There are a lot of things that is important about MVP in regards to its story and its themes. I think an issue that's really pressing from that movie that I think more people will need to look into and recognise is that of uh, suicide amongst veterans and also active military personnel as well. I know here in Australia, last year, um, we launched a Royal Commission 
into um, bedridden suicide. Um, since I think uh, over the last decade or so, I think we've had like 1,200 um, Defence Force veterans and serving personnel um, die by suicide. And I know in in the States as well, the number is very high. I think it's, it's something like 6,000 like this year alone. So it's like an, an incredibly depressive and, and tragic uh, number there. When it comes to that issue of, of veteran suicide that you address in the film and something that you and Jay really want to kind of combat in in in, in merging vets and players, um, do you think the issue is given enough airplay in the media? Do you think it's given enough uh, importance in the government? Because I think it's something that too many people kind of like not necessarily look away from, but, but just not really exposed to and i think it's uh, that's very tragic in its own right uh i think in some ways it's recognized uh, quite a bit as far as data but as far as resources and actual action to change it i, I think it's lacking greatly you know um and and the the willingness to um, give other voices and opportunities a chance to be heard on, on what uh, works for them and, and all that um, you know, we're so hung up on data. I mean, I look at that from not just a government perspective, you know, when we're looking for, for, for corporate funding uh, for MVP. Uh, and I, I understand that their businesses and those are, you know, dollars that they, they set aside for specific um, uh, giving and, and, they, and they want to see results. You know, they want to see a number uh, aligned and attached with, where their money's going. Like, I want to know if I'm donating X, um, it's helping Y number of people. Uh, and it's really hard to quantify mental health. It's really hard uh, to, to track that and to know um, that you're making a difference. But the best way for me is not to look at the numbers, is to look at the, the qualitative results and talk to the people. <laughs> Talk to the members, the part people who are a part of the program, and not just MVP. There's a lot of organizations that do great things that are saving lives. But talk to these people, hear their stories. Like this is why we made the movie, you know, so they can they can see what this is like and hear this and try to understand this because it's not just um, uh, it's not just dollars that save people's lives. It's the work that's done. It's the message that's passed on. It's the people that are you know, day in and day out, giving so much of their energy to others and making sure they're there for them. Um, and a lot of the programs that we are offered when we come out of the military uh, are kind of cheesy. And we don't really connect to, and they don't really work for us. They're a little dated. Uh, it's just the way it is. You know, I mean, we have to, we have to move past this, uh, uh, you know, tap, tap dancing around stuff and being so PC all the time with things. That's why in the movie, I mean, there's there's probably a hundred f bombs in the movie because that's how we talk, you know. Mm. And, and it's not it's not we're not intended to offend people when we do that. And you know, there's no doubt a, a, a necessary um, filter that needs to be put on once you move away from that world. You know, when you talk in the in business world, in the corporate world, a different job, you, you can't talk like you did when you were in the military. But you know, the reality is like that's what resonates with us. That's what we relate to. But that's what we're used to. to in a high stakes worked in a high stakes environment um and uh there's just a different level of intensity so all of that stuff i mean that's how we talk when we're in in uh when we're in session when we're in huddles man there is no filter on it you know we try to stay away from politics and religion 
because uh, that can get ugly. Mm. <laughs> but everything else we talk about, man, share it. No matter exactly what you're feeling, just tell me. You don't have to be creative with your words. You can just say, you know, you can just blurt it out. Um, and, and let's let's try to, you know, work through this together. And so there's a, I guess you could call it a running gag in the sort of way in the movie. And it revolves around five words. Thank you for your service. Now, a lot of people like myself and other civilians, we say those words with the utmost sincerity um, and sensitivity and respect to our, our veterans when whenever we come across them. It's interesting, though, how in the movie, how the veterans kind of react to those five words. Um, and I think it really kind of gave me pause as well as to whether I should say that, whether I shouldn't say that to any time of uh, veterans or, or, or what have you. What is your kind of uh, approach to those five words, thank you for your service? Do you think it's something that in, in kind of ways is something of an empty platitude? Or do you think it is important that people do say those words when they come across veterans like yourselves and other people um, like uh, those in your movie? Yeah, I mean, if, if you mean it, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the movie, it, it, as you mentioned, it is meant to be a, a bit of a, it is a bit of a running joke, you know, um, because we know, I mean, just like anything, people are, people are, uh, are, are can be sensitive and people can also be just very aware of intentions. And um, it's easy for us to pick up when, when somebody's saying it out of sincerity and we're being genuine, or if it's just out of obligation, because they feel like they have to say it, you know? Um, and, and it just like, you know, it's just the thing that we often, we just hear it so much. I think we get a little bit desensitized to it and numb to it. Mm. Um, but it's not offensive. It's just not a bad thing to say to people uh, at all. I mean, uh, you know, there's another line in that movie where Will Phillips, the character, uh, Will Phillips asks out for, you know, do you ever kill anybody? Now that's different. Like, mm. you know, there's, you shouldn't ask people that. You really shouldn't. I mean, uh, you're tiptoeing a line there. because a lot of people that can be very triggering or how many people did you kill or whatever. Um, that, that's, that's, that's completely different though. I mean, the, uh, the thank you for your service thing. It's, it's, I, I'm not offended at all. And most people are, I don't think anybody's really offended by those words. It just, at times in my experience, and I think in some others as well, it's felt like, uh, that they are, uh, it's just, the. Uh, you know kind of being patronized a bit um, and you know and, and so yeah I, I i get that note a lot and that question a lot and i feel bad because i'm almost like no 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 i don't want people to i don't want you to feel guilty for saying that and i don't want you to apologize for saying it it's just how sometimes it feels um you know when it's when it's kind of you know said a lot like especially around a holiday like a veterans day or a memorial day and it's like mm. you know i you know after a while you're like all right all right all right enough, enough. <laughs> I didn't do that many. I'm, we're not all heroes here. Okay? <laughs> you know, I didn't do that. I didn't do that much. Final question here, Nate. Um, so this MVP is, of course, your director directorial debut. Have you got the directing yes. bug now? Are you looking forward to direct more uh, films? Are you looking to write more and direct more? Are you looking for other projects? What's the future of filmmaking uh, for you? I would. I, I want to more than anything. Uh, I can't wait to get back out behind the camera. Really, uh, I, I, uh, I, I didn't know it would be something I would love so much. I mean, I was 
genuinely afraid of it. I, and a lot of it that comes from lack of technical knowledge, um, not just on equipment, but just on, you know, would I know how to um, communicate properly? Would I know how to um, kind of cut this thing in my head while I'm shooting it? Would I have that uh, idea? And, and I had, at least with this project and some others, I'm sort of developing. I, I am such a dreamer, so I'm a very visual thinker. And I did have a pretty clear idea of how I wanted it to look and feel. Um, but then at the same time, you know, when you have people like my cinematographer, Logan Fulton, um, who coincidentally is the only non-veteran that was a department head on this whole project. Um, but I wanted to work with Logan because I worked with him before and I trusted him. And I know he's just such a genius uh, and he's young, a young guy, you know, I think he's 25 years old when we shot these things. Um, but I just was able to, you know, communicate that to him and then kind of trust him to find it, um, and light it. And, and we, we had long discussions about, you know, what are the, what's the look and the feel and the tone and all these things that we want to get across in, across in each scene. Um, and I just became, a, before we even started shooting, I became, became addicted to that, uh, mm. to that, you know, uh, opportunity. Um, to to create something like that and kind of um, utilize all these unique and interesting uh, um, ways of shooting it, and 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 you know we shot in a fairly conventional way. I, it's not like, as far as I know, I don't think we tried to. It wasn't a bunch of tricks or um, you know sneaky uh, kind of cool camera shots. It was, the intent was set certainly not to make a movie that wows people with our. Uh, the directorial or cinematographer skills it was more to just properly uh put us in this place and in this mood with these people and make you feel like you're right there with them like that's the that was the whole idea um and i think that's the way that works for me uh you know i i enjoy watching those type of movies as well um and it's funny like you you get done with something and the first thing i'm thinking is like oh man i could have shot this in this cool sexy different way that would have <laughs> you know but then it's like, maybe that would have been distracting for what we were trying to do. And the kind of stories that I'm interested in are very intimate and personal. And like, I, that's what I, uh, that's what I, uh, gravitate towards. I mean, my, my favorite movie is the wrestler, mm. um, with Mickey Rourke. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. But, yes, of course. Uh, yes. I, I, I love that movie. And it's like, I just feel it, you know, and I just connect to this person that I feel like I probably don't have a lot in common with. Um, but it just draw it just draw me it draws me in such a personal thing and um and so stuff like that was more of our guiding light than uh, um you know than than other ways of maybe creatively showing what PTSD could feel like or look like because everybody it's different to everybody you know that's not a, a blanket uh, uh, emotion or it's certainly not a veteran issue only it's a human issue so. Um, we wanted to stay away from some of the, the common tropes used in, in the past of what that what that maybe looks like, even though that that, that is accurate at some level. Um, so, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I can't wait to do another one. <laughs> and uh, I, I've got a few different stories I'm working on, things I'm kicking around, and also waiting for the you know the perfect one to come my way because I, I don't think I'm a brilliant writer. I think I'm good with dialogue and and, and understand. Uh, story enough but to put that on the page is really hard so i, I couldn't have done it without Darren, uh, my co-writer and and you know i i, I look forward to to get back on set though and creating something again 
So for everyone out there listening, MVP, available now on demand and on digital. You can go to vetsandplayers.org and you can find links there as where to watch the film. You can even find um, some places, some states that even still have the movie in cinemas as well, which is, uh, Nate, I know you had a, a cinema run like a few months ago and, it's, and that is still running in some cinemas. is a really cool thing and I think some people can still host the screening, but whichever way that you all watch it, you need to watch this film. Um, I really love MVP, Nate. I thought it was terrifically made um, for a directorial debut. Um, and also in many ways, kind of like, I know you've been in films before, but this is like your first kind of like leading man performance. You did a really great job in the role of Zephyr and just how the film kind of comes together and its themes and its uh, photography, the editing, everything it looks in sounds and feels terrific in this movie i just want to say um thank you for your time today thank you for your movie and also thank you for your service everything is much appreciated yes he said it i love it (laughs) thank you (laughs) appreciate you brother